Just Me and My Trauma discusses trauma in all its forms. This could include topics such as sexual assault, drug use, child abuse, violence, gore, and much more. In some cases, names are changed to respect both the deceased and survivors. While comedy may be noted, in no way is it meant to disrespect any individual or situation. Humor is our coping mechanism. Listener discretion is advised. Trauma Llamas. Hi, Trauma Llamas. This is Jesse, And this is Kelsey. And this is Just Me and My Trauma. Just Me and My Trauma. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I would talk about how I'm doing, but I want to know how you're doing. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Um, <laughs> okay, so we'll preface this story. Preface. Preface. Prequel. Preface? Prequel. Pre- that word. <laughs> The prequel to the story is Jesse was in a accident on October 11th and my car got rear-ended. It was not my fault. I was stopped at a light. And no no serious damage, no serious injuries. Lady didn't have insurance. We'll just drop it at that. Yeah. So, all right. So, my friend last night came in from Nebraska on Amtrak's and was at the Salt Lake City Station. So we had to drive down there to get her because I wasn't going to let her sleep at the Amtrak Station in Salt Lake because that's like the scariest part of Salt Lake. Very nice of you. Thanks. Um, Because she had offered to sleep there and just ride tracks down in the morning. I was like, that's not happening. So me and my other friend decided to head out there to go get her. And we are almost to Salt Lake. Like... <laughs> Like, we are, like, three exits away from where we need to be. Uh-huh. And um, a car hole is behind me and lights me up. So I pull over because that's nope. what you do. Yeah. So, and just as the cop pulls me, like, just as he lights me up, my friend who came in from Nebraska calls me. So I'm trying to not look suspicious answering my phone <laughs> as he's pulling me over. I uh, have no idea what he's pulling me over for. I wasn't speeding. Nothing. So I say, hey, I just got pulled over. I'll call you back. She's like, cool, whatever. So then, so then we, the officer comes to me. He's like, hey, do you know why I pulled you over? I said, I actually don't. I'm assuming it's because I have my phone on my dash with my GPS on. He's like, no, I didn't even see your phone. He goes, your, your tail light's out, which not surprising. I have a short somewhere in there and I have to replace that once a year. <laughs> so I was like, okay. He's like, well, as long as everything checks out. I'm just going to give you a warning. So I hand him all my information. He goes back to the car. And it's taking a little bit longer than just a, hey, I'm going to give you a warning <laughs> in the car. So I'm sitting there talking to my friend. I was like, I I start thinking back. Have I done anything? Like, <laughs> could I possibly have a warrant out for my arrest? And I, I'm telling my friend, I said, I shouldn't. I don't have any warrants. I haven't done anything illegal in many, many years that I've got <laughs> caught for. And, um, and he's just like, I'm sure it's fine. It's just paperwork, blah, blah, blah. So the cop comes up to my window, hands me all my information back. He's like, hey, I'm just going to let you go with a warning. Everything came back clean. But I do want to let you know that you have a warrant. I'm not going to arrest you on it, but you have a warrant out of Ogden. And I was like, excuse me? And he's like, you <laughs> he's like, you have a warrant out of Ogden. I said, I, I don't. And he's like, I go, I haven't done anything. He's like, well, it was issued 
The warrant was issued on November 30th. I said, for what? And he's like, for following too closely. And then my brain starts turning mm, cogs. Right, I right. said, was it in this car? Granted, the this the the husband I'm separated from, he was in a he rear-ended a car in 22. So mm-hmm. I was like, maybe mm-hmm. it, something got mixed up in the thing. Mm-hmm. And so I thought maybe it was for that and or or whatever. So I go, can you tell me what car it was? And he goes, yeah, let me go look. This uh, shout out to the state trooper who pulled over Jessica Chacon on uh, December 10th. If you ever listened to this, you were fantastic. Um, he, <laughs> yeah, he sounds right. Yeah, he was uh, he was super cool. So, well, it gets even better. So <laughs> then he comes back and he's like, so it looks like it was involving this year make a model of this car. And it was a temporary tag. And I said, sir, I was hit by that lady. Mm-hmm. Like she hit me. I have all my paperwork. He goes, okay, I'm going to notate that in our computer system. Mm-hmm. He goes, but you need to make sure you call Ogden and get that taken care of first thing in the morning. I said, well, yeah. <laughs> but when the cop, so when the state trooper is talking to me at first about the warrant, I thought he was joking. Like to the point, I thought he had heard our conversation because I'm a loud person. <laughs> I honestly thought he had heard our conversation and he was fucking with me. And I even looked at him. I was like, are you, are you fucking with me right now? And he's all, no. And I'm all, uh, oh. <laughs> so anyway, whatever. We go on our way pick up my friend we're all in the car and we're driving home we're driving back and i'm like i don't want to get pulled over again i mean i have my taillights out i know that they put it in the system and they usually pull your license plate before they just assume Mm -hmm. and so it should be notated in there that i've already been pulled over the taillight but you know whatever well we pass a state trooper that is parked and i was like fuck (laughs) Nothing for like a good like five seconds and nothing happens. And then all of a sudden I get lit up again. Wee woo, wee woo. Pull over and we're waiting for the state trooper to come to the window. And I look over in my side mirror. Sure enough, same damn trooper. <laughs> He's like, look, when I went to pull you over, I, I thought there was no way it was the same person. <laughs> like i'm so sorry he goes as soon as i got up here saw your stickers i knew it was you he goes i'm so sorry but you guys are free to go have a good night (laughs) so i got pulled over by the same state trooper within a within an hour (laughs) for the same issue it was super hilarious so nice but that's clearly not where the story ends no so this morning i take the boys to school and and by the boys i mean my actual child and another child that i claim as my own occasionally um (laughs) I take them to school and I head immediately over to OPD and I, I say, hey, and you know, they always give you a weird look when you immediately go, you guys misissued a warrant. <laughs> <laughs> this is not correct. I said, I, this warrant was issued for me, but the citation was never supposed to go to me in the first place. Here is my report from the incident. Here's my ID, whatever. They spend about 10 minutes trying to figure it all out. And they're like, okay, so here is the actual report. We're not charging you for it. Here's the full statement, though. Um, Because normally they charge you for it, but this Mm -hmm. wasn't my fault. And at this rate, it'd be really shitty of them to charge me anything. Yeah, because you didn't do anything. We were just sitting there. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I got hit. Um, So then she's like, but I can't clear anything out on my end. We have to wait until the officer comes in. I said, She goes, but you can go to the courthouse and they might be able to issue something saying that this is... Something being, you know, mm-hmm. figured out. I said, okay. So I go over to the courthouse. Courthouse. Okay. 
this is a, this is a funny side story, guys. I'm going into the courthouse. I when I go into courthouses and and not that I frequent them, but when I go in, <laughs> I always make sure everything's empty and I just bring in my wallet. That way, you don't have to, I don't have to worry about things going off. Um, well, I forgot my Tamagotchi that we talked about last <laughs> week was in my front pocket, so I had to go into the little bin. I walked through, and the <laughs> the guard he had to have been like early twenties. First, probably graduated uh, cop school. This is his first job. The police academy, you know. And uh, he goes, oh, my gosh, you have a Tamagotchi, too? And he had one. (laughs) And he showed me. He was so excited to show me, guys. Like, I, he seriously was like a child on Christmas. And he shows it to me. And I was like, oh, that's really cute. But but it's dead. And he's like, what? He's like, no, it's not. It's floating around. It's happy. I was like, it it died. (laughs) It's, It's dead. (laughs) <laughs> and his two co-workers it was it really was it had the little angel and then it had how long it lived he didn't even make it a, like two days guys like, <laughs> it's okay it's okay he probably doesn't understand how they work anyway so his two co-workers start giggling and laughing at him um the older gentleman starts playing taps for the tamagotchi <laughs> yes. and then the yeah, <laughs> and the the female officer was all like, "You know, you actually have to take care of them. They're like a pet." <laughs> so anyway, I go, I go, get, and the lady at the desk, she's like, "You need to call the prosecutor's office." So I call the prosecutor's office, and I was like, "Hey," and because everyone can clearly see this was miss miss or mishandled, and I shouldn't have received the citation. Call the prosecutor's office, and they're like, "I was like, hey, this was going on." They're like, "Okay." We're going to submit this. We're going to get the, the motion to re, uh, recall your warrant on, blah, blah, blah. She goes, but it can take 24 hours. I'm like, oh, cool. Is there anything I can get from the courts that says that this is being taken care of? She's like, no, but I'll send you the motion. Oh, for fuck's sake. I'm like, cool. So as I'm walking out to my car, I get the call from the issuing officer who originally handled. And he was so funny. He's like, I am. He's like, hey, this is Officer Wolf. Um, I'm the one who made the big boo-boo. <laughs> and I'm like, it's totally cool. I said, it's kind of funny how I found out. I'm happy I found out and I'm happy we're getting this taken care of. I said, he goes, I'm fixing it on my end right now. He goes, I go, okay, I just talked to prosecutors and it's supposed to be taken care of in 24 hours. He's like, it should be no worries. If not, let us know. Like, well, but here's my thing is. How would the, you know? If it could say, well, hopefully when I get pe- pulled over again. Um. <laughs> No, um, I'll, I'm just going to call and make sure it got cleared, but, um, like I'll call tom- like tomorrow afternoon, just verify it got cleared, but. For the best, there yeah. may not be another state trooper that's that nice. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like, I even asked my friend in the car with me, I'm like, if I get arrested, would you, will, will you come and get me? Like, you're not going to leave me in jail, right? <laughs> they're like, no, we'll figure it out. I'm like, okay, because last time I went to jail, it was kind of ugly. Mm-hmm. Um. I haven't been to jail, guys, since 2007, so nobody panic. It's It's been a hot minute. It's almost been 20 years. I'm here with a criminal. Yeah, I, I am a hardened criminal. Well, I'll tell you that in a second, but anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we ended up, <laughs> um, he ended up po- apologizing, and it was it was fine, but everyone's like, you know, had they arrested you, you could have sued. I, and I would have, because mm-hmm. it would have been wrongful arrest. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and I'm sure they would have offered me a settlement like right up front as soon as i mentioned lawyer but because mm-hmm. ogden pd is going through some shit right now anyway mm-hmm. but i in all retrospect i respect the 
the police officers were involved. They were all great. The state trooper was amazing. Like I said, he helped me figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was great. It was fine. As for the hardened criminal, I on my background, I look like a bomb-throwing spouse beater. Um, I threw my cigarette out the window, which is an unclassified misdemeanor. And I got a warrant. Nice. I did have a warrant out for my arrest at that time. Um, but I cleared it and I went and paid off, paid it off, but it hadn't cleared through the system yet. Or no, I had my promise to f- appear so I could clear the warrant. And me and the very first ex-husband got into a fight. Police got called because he hit me. But neither of us told the cops that. <laughs> like, we're like, nothing's going on. Um, but because I, well, that's what issued the call was that he had hit me. But... <laughs> Because I had the warrant, they arrested me on the warrant, and because it was a domestic violence charge or call, they had to charge me with domestic violence because I was being removed from the scene. So I that's fucked. It is. Um. So I have a domestic violence, which is a class C misdemeanor, because it wasn't a serious violation. Um. So I spent six hours in booking. Never made it past booking. I eat oatmeal and watch Care Bears and Sports Center. And they did put me in a cell with a lady who scared the shit out of me because she was drunk and in there for your DUI. Oh, God. I would have never survived General Pop. Like, I'm a feisty one and I would have gotten shanked somehow. Like, <laughs> all right. So there's Jesse's criminal history. <laughs> and no, I do not have a warrant. Well, I do, but it's not mine. It's not for me. <laughs> I do, but I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing is I can get pulled over. And if they really want to be assholes, even though it would be wrongful and like arrest... They can still arrest me on the warrant because it still exists. Yep. Because it's still there. Yep. Oh, good. My child got his grade up to a D. Just so you guys know. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how was your week? <laughs> Not as eventful as that. that. That wasn't even a week. That was one night. <laughs> well, not as eventful as your one day. <laughs> um. Oh, shit. What did happen? Damn. I know. Oh, that's right. I got a cold from work and that I brought was, it home. That was last week. Yeah. Yeah, because we recorded while you're still that's right. sounding froggy. We recorded two episodes while you're still sounding froggy. Right. And then Hillary got sick last night. That sucks. Yeah, because I'm an asshole and I spread it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you share a bed. <laughs> that's, yep. It's kind of hard not yeah. to breathe when the same air. Right. When you're breathing on each other all right. <laughs> Uh, what else? Ha- oh my God! What else happened this week? Oh, we made some gingerbread cookies for charity. I say charity. That sounds weird. Uh, it's like for the new private. <laughs> I don't think privates eat gingerbread cookies. Title next episode. I don't think privates eat gingerbread cookies. <laughs> Uh, air force private people (laughs) there we go uh privates in the air force there we go (laughs) they uh they like get in the dorms and they can't really go home for christmas and stuff so we made a bunch of cookies and this is where i realized i'm not good at decorating that's fine as long as they taste good who gives a shit what they look like well it, it looks like I had a seizure while I was doing <laughs> it. <laughs> Some of the gingerbread men have privates of their own. <laughs> Pretty much. And Hillary came over and was like, 
just let me decorate? <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty epic. And I was like, that's, yeah. <laughs> that is fantastic. That's understandable. And we went, we went to Barnes & Noble yesterday. And I got some new Oracle cards. You guys should see her. She is like so lit. She is a child on Christmas morning right now. <laughs> I got and Celtic mysticism book. And then I also got the new Ballad of Songs, Songbirds and Snakes. Because I'm a slacker. And Hunger Games was my favorite series ever. And I don't know why I haven't read it yet. It's, it's So I never was a Harry Potter or a Hunger Games girl. Ugh. How dare you? In all fairness, I was in late elementary, early junior high when the Harry Potters and stuff were coming out. Maybe a little bit earlier than that because the first Harry Potter came out when I was in 8th or ninth grade. Like the movie. Anyway, by the, when they started coming out, I was already reading like Anne Rice and stuff like that. Oh. <laughs> I, because my mom didn't have a filter and I was allowed to read whatever I wanted because I was reading. She didn't care okay yeah that's yeah, fair so that like was, was the same in my house yeah yeah so as long as i was reading she didn't care um so yeah i am and then as they were finishing coming out i was getting into the nita blakes and stuff like that so like i legitimately was never interested i tried i tried to read the first harry potter and i did read it it took me an entire year <laughs> it was just never my thing but i know enough about harry potter to get through on a conversation enough about hunger games i can get through on a conversation Hunger Games, I've read that series three times. So I'm excited to add this one. I haven't been able to read lately. Like, I just, I listen to more podcasts than reading. So when I go through the drought of not being... (laughs) (laughs) My coffee hit my mic. I'm on my second cup of coffee, guys. I usually only have ever have one because otherwise I get super jittery. But, like, I'm running off of, like, maybe... If I'm lucky, five hours of sleep. So, second coffee it was. Our brains must have been vibing because I couldn't sleep either. <laughs> Mine wasn't I couldn't sleep. Mine was I didn't get home until 12, 1230 and I had to get uh, up at 630. Right. And you know how you have to let your brain unwind no matter what time you get home? You mm. have to like just let. Yeah. So, I didn't go to bed until like 130. Veg out. I see. Yeah. Well, I see. Anyway, you were saying something. I don't remember. That's fair. Sorry. My weird noises. I mean, we've been chatting we, for like yeah, 20 I, minutes, so we, we might as well. Jesse's life story. So we might as well just start. Yeah. <coughs> you get to go first. I do. And this was a last minute find, so don't fucking come for me. Come for her. Everybody come for her in the comments. I will lit. I won't do anything because I can't. You're through and- a screen. And, and we and we need the followers, so and we're going in your <laughs> ear holes, so I can't really once, do anything. Once we become rich and famous like Morbid and all the other ones, then we can come for you in the comments. But for yeah. right now, right now we'll just suck it up like the the children we are, or not, <laughs> or not, whatever. We'll figure it out, or I'll hurt your feelings. Okay, <laughs> so uh, this is the last minute because the story I had was garbage. Um, so. We're going to be talking about (coughs) the secret relationship that ended in a Christmas murder. Oh, wait. What are we covering? Christmas tragedies. Yeah, we're talking about Christmas tragedies today because when this episode comes out, it will be right before Christmas. It'll be the day before. No. Yule. Oh, Yule. I was like, it's not the day before Christmas. No. Day before Yule, the slash winter solstice. Fair. 
So, okay. Um, and this is going to be the story about Samina Imam and her murder. So, my sources are going to be vice.com and BBC News. Um, I already read the title for the Vice, but BBC is going to be Samina Imam murder. Chloroform killing brothers jailed. Chloroform! Is it? Don't you have a shirt that says your favorite essential oil is chloroform? Yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) Had it custom made. Nice. Kind of makes you look like a murderer. (laughs) A lot of the things I do makes me look like a murderer. (laughs) That's, yeah, okay. I write, I write paranormal, dark paranormal fantasy fiction. So yeah, same. And I, I write homicide stuff. So there you go. Perfect. Yeah. Me and my FBI agent, we ch- we're chill. <laughs> <coughs> anyway, okay. I don't have one. I just have Amazon listeners. <laughs> I'm on. I'm on in the Amazon um, building's lunchroom. Ah, yes, that's right. The break room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's time for Jesse Daly. Yep. <laughs> What's going on with Jesse's day? Okay, so my Christmas story is... <clears throat> I'm just going to read the Vice article because obviously this is last minute. And I already said that it was a Vice article, so you get your credit, okay? Right, right. All right, by the time Christmas Eve of 2014 finally came around, Samina Imam couldn't help but feel a little excited. The 34-year-old was busy preparing for the festive days that were to follow, and she popped out of the office, and she worked at a Costco, um, to grab a few final bits for Marks and Spencer, a bottle of Bellini and a tub of sweet treats. Um, her plan was finally coming together. Since the start of their relationship, Roger Cooper, who is a colleague of hers at Costco, who she was having a secret affair with. That's more Sam's Club shit than right? Costco. Get your shit together. I expect better from you, Costco. <laughs> Since the start of their relationship, Roger Cooper, Samina's colleague and lover, had been leading a double life. I should read this like a news anchor. You should. With a long-term partner at home, Samina was struck playing second. <laughs> struck, struck, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not a news reporter. I would suck. I would say one word wrong and be like, fuck this! Okay. <clears throat> Samina was stuck playing second fiddle. <laughs> that Christmas, everything was set to change. The pair would spend Christmas Day at Birmingham's Malmaison... Malma- at a hotel. In the start of 2015, they would finally be officially together. All Samina wanted for Christmas was the man she loved, and this year she was finally going to get him. At least, that's what she was promised. Bum, bum, bum. Perfect. That's what I wanted. (laughs) Okay. Got you. However, while Samina had been getting everything ready to start a new life, Roger and his brother David had been preparing to take hers. Oh, wow. That was a nice sentence, you, you writer from Vice. By 6.30 p.m. on Christmas Eve, Samina would be dead. The hotel room she had booked sitting empty as the Cooper brothers set about covering up her callous murder. Or say it like fucking forensic files. Murder. They say it with an Irish accent? That's how it sounds in my head. Oh, okay. Just the way he drags it out. It's like, murder. (laughs) So I just naturally add the murder. (laughs) That's Scottish now. I know. (laughs) 
I have both of them in my background. It's not my fault. <laughs> okay. This tragic story begins at a Costco store on the outskirts of Coventry. It was here that 41-year-old Roger worked as a manager, as did Samina, a regional marketing boss for a handful of the multinationals nearby locations. Relationships between senior members of staff were very much against the rules, but this hadn't stopped Roger and Samina. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure it's also against his marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Not that he's a good guy, I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) First comes adultery, then comes murder. (laughs) Okay. In a baby carriage. Yep. Murder in a baby carriage. Absolutely. (laughs) They spent two years entangled in a workplace love affair. Wow, this writer is good. (laughs) Top notch. That's why they work for Vice. Yep. But Samina had begun to get restless. She gave Roger an ultimatum in the run-up. To the holiday season. Leave your long-term girlfriend or it's over. Oh. Girlfriend? I thought it was a wife. Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's vice. <laughs> uh, hey, that's fair. And, and Roger obliged. During a 10-week trial, which ended on the 20th of October, 2015, prosecution counsel Timothy Spencer QC told the court that Roger had brazenly lied to Samina. Roger never had any intention of leaving his partner. He feared Samina would spill the beans on their affair, which in his mind would jeopardize both his career and his other relationship. Well, no, maybe you shouldn't be fiddling the diddle, okay? I just made that up in my head. I don't know. Fiddling <laughs> the diddle. Do you mean diddling the fiddle? <laughs> <laughs> All right, never mind. That's next week's episode, or that's this, this episode's name. Diddling the fiddling the diddle. <laughs> fiddling the diddle. Damn. Oh, all right. Rather than face up to the consequences of his actions, Roger enlisted the help of ex soldier David. And together, I must. His brother. His brother. Why couldn't we say that it was his brother also? <laughs> of ex soldier brother David. There we go. I fixed it. And together they set about planning to kill Samina in cold blood. Cold blood. <laughs> While Roger had a motive for the murder, however twisted, it remains a mystery why his brother was willing to kill a woman he barely knew because he was a brother. I would definitely not kill someone for my brother. No, no, no. You guys all know Bomb Threat Brother. I would not kill for him no matter (laughs) how well I knew. Well, unless it it was somebody I wanted to kill, then maybe. But um, (laughs) for legal purposes, this is not true. Sorry, James, that is not happening. Sorry, James. <laughs> Just so you guys know, we're going to have him on the show. Oh, yeah. Point. He's definitely going to be yeah. a special guest. You hear that, James? Mm-hmm. Oh, he knows. I already told him. Oh, good. Yeah. I was about to threaten him. <laughs> over the Vop juice. No, over the Vop juice. Did he get you Vop juice? He did not. But I haven't seen him for a minute. I he, feel like that's not an excuse well, for him well, not. No, hold on. He's in the oh? middle of like moving, like changing housing right now. Uh, so like it's fair. Um, and I haven't had the stuff to work on my floor yet because I have to go buy it. So um, it's not his fault. All right. I, I rescind. Yeah. I don't like people just hanging out my house. So <laughs> I rescind. Okay. This time. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Their first attempt. Oh, we had multiple attempts. This is me- my first time reading this. Also, just just for fact checking here, Jesse found the story and gave it to her. <laughs> exactly, exactly, because mine didn't work out. <laughs> it was it it just didn't. Okay. Anyway, 
The first attempt on her life was planned for the early hours of the 12th of December, 2014. Samina was a regular guest at Salt. So, so, uh oh. Another inn. Another hotel. I'm not going to pronounce it because I can't. I want to see the word. It's Solihull. So, fuck. So, Solihull. Soli- Does it say fuck on there? No. Oh, shit. Where'd it go? Right there. Sully holes. Sully holes. Based on how it's spelled. Yes. Phonetically, we are at Sully Holes, Premier Inn. <laughs> <coughs> and that night, following a Christmas party, she planned to sleep there. Roger had told Samina to meet him at the hotel where, he claimed, he had booked a room and had a surprise for her. It was chloroform. It was death. <laughs> surprise! <laughs> surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> the surprise it transpired was that no room had been booked (laughs) that's the shittiest surprise ever right you can't even lure her to the room because okay Uh, nope i'm not telling you how to murder okay anyway and roger wasn't going to be there i will (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile brother david sat in a hire car in the car park ready and waiting to abduct her the brother communicated using star wars codes that's why we chose this one. Death Star complete. Stay on target. Stay on target. You are expected, Vader. This, why does this sound like something I would do? <laughs> this would be exactly how I'd kill somebody if I had a partner. But don't, don't kill people with partners because only one person can keep a secret. Two can keep a secret if one of them You are going to get a suit. I know. Hopefully they're good hearted. Hopefully they're okay with the $25 we have in our account. Yep, because that's literally all they're going to get. <laughs> yeah, that's all we have as a podcast right now. <laughs> um. Oh, they look like actual thumbs. I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> they look like they, they have worked for Darth Vader for a very long time. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. The flan flip. Whoop. <clears throat> the plan failed. The plan failed, although what went wrong is still unclear to detectives. Samina made her way safely into the hotel from her taxi. David sent a text to his brother in broken French. I thought we were doing... Okay. Which translated to, there's no point, no score. The window of opportunity is closed. Okay. And so, just 12 days later, the brothers took aim once again. At 4 p.m. on Christmas Eve, Samina left work just after Roger, each driving off in their separate cars. The couple met up again nearby where she unpacked her luggage from her BMW and willingly jumped into Roger's Audi. Not as fancy. Leaving her car parked on the wide... Nope. Leaving her car parked up on a quiet street. Son of a bitch! Leaving her car parked... Up on a quiet side street, Roger and Samina drove off together towards Leicester. Yeah, that wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. Detectives believe Samina thought this was to be a quick pre-Christmas visit to David. A quickie, if you will. A detour on their trip to Birmingham. It was on this journey that Samina spoke with her sister for the final time. She asked how her mother was getting on and confirmed she'd be at their parents' home on Boxing Day for family Christmas celebrations. The couple arrived at David. Dave, Dave Bre- Why can't I fucking read today? 
I don't know. <sighs> the couple arrived at David Cooper's Leicester home at 5 p.m. It was early in the evening, but already dark outside this deep into winter. It's believed Samina was attacked by David almost immediately upon inter entering his property. It can't have been difficult for the brothers to overpower her. At six foot five and six foot seven, these men towered over an unprepared five foot two Samina. She was smothered with chloroform, purchased on eBay. You could purchase chloroform on eBay? I did not understand that sentence properly. I thought they sold her on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> no, apparently you can purchase. fucking purchase chloroform on eBay. I I am fairly sure you can get chloroform pretty easily. Probably. I don't know why you would need need chloroform on a regular basis, but fuck it, I'm sure we can find it. Yeah, you can find all sorts of shit on the internet nowadays. Yeah. So this just in: you can purchase chloroform on eBay. You did not hear that from us, though. No, you heard you it from didn't. the article from Vice. Yeah, from Vice. I'm just the messenger. I'm, I'm fact-checking this. Oh, do it. Okay. <clears throat> A bizarre combination of metallic elements, including antimony, cadmium, tin, mercury, and arsenic, is also thought to have been administered to Samina in liquid. But Jesus, fuck! They got cadmium and arsenic and antimony? Jesus. They were trying to do the job real well. I guess it worked. <sighs> All right. By 6.25 p.m., Roger had already begun his journey back to Coventry, leaving David to dispose of Samina's body. In an effort to create the impression Samina was still alive, Roger, once he turned up at his home to join his partner, sent a text to himself from her phone. Dumbass! You can buy a vintage bottle of chloroform. Linamit. It's empty, though. Never mind. But it's only $15. Oh, for a bottle? For an empty bottle. Nice. But it's a vintage. I want it. I kind of do, too. Hmm. Anyway. Send a text to himself from her phone, which is stupid. Like, there are cell phone towers that ping, 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 ping. And, you know, right beside you. Any, uh-oh. What, what? I just found a really awesome dark humor shirt that we need. What does it say? It says fun with chloroform and it has a blonde chick smothering some other kid's face. <laughs> yep. <gasps> fun well, with chloroform. Oh, is it like um 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 um, 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 um like the old style like Yes, yeah. I love those shirts. Yeah. I have one that says uh taking care of your demonic cat. I love that. And then I have one that says Easy Bake Coven. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. But just, I have not been able to find actual chloroform, but there was a link at the bottom that told me where to buy chloroform from. Oh. Yep. All right. Continue with your, okay. your, sh your shenanigans. My shenanigans. It was a false alibi. This is what he said. Quote, I am fuming. I'm going to where I am truly cared for. It read. Well, that sounds like a fucking made-up text if I've ever fucking heard one. Oh, update. Uh, just type in how to buy chloroform. You'll get shit tons of Perfect. websites. So there you guys go. If you ever need chloroform to give those children a nap. <laughs> Have you not seen that, YouTube? No. Oh, my God. There's this YouTube. I think it's College Humor. But it's all like, have you thought about 
like it goes through all these things about like adoption and stuff like that. And at one point, like the mom's trying to put the kid's hand into the garbage disposal, mm-hmm. and he's like, "But wait, there is a way to do this." And it's I think it was called uh, sleep ball or something like that. I can't remember. But they're like knocking these kids out in this video as a joke with chloroform, and the a, doc, a pediatrician's looking at the back of all. He's like, "This is just chloroform." <laughs> Look it up; it's hilarious. Okay, I will. It's important information. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, David got on with disposing of Samina's body. Pathologists found she had been transferred to a grave within hours of her death on Groby Road in Leicester. The body, wrapped in cling film and a sleeping bag was buried deep underground. Oh, they actually did it deep. That's usually one of the problems is that, you know, they do a shallow grave. Right. Um, well, the first problem was murder. Again, but. we are not teaching you how to murder. Nope. This is not how you do it. Nope. We we could tell you how to do it, but we're not going to. Nope. That's not what we're here for. Nope. We're talking about trauma. Trauma llamas. Yeah. Whether or not David noticed the chilling sign hanging from his allotment shed, don't wind me up, I'm running out of places to hide the bodies. <laughs> my, no, my no soliciting sign says that. What? What? That's funny. It, it, it's a long one. I had it custom made and it also says stuff about the zoo and it sets off the dogs and we'll go crazy and we're running out of places for the bodies. And then at the very bottom it says $100. Um, a mission per person for the, <laughs> for the zoo. Nice. Don't wind me up. I'm running out of places to hide the bodies. That's funny. Okay. Over the following few days, the brothers continued the cover-up operation. Samina's car was moved from Coventry to Leicester, and then, after being wiped for fingerprints and DNA, abandoned in Lutton. When Samina never appeared at her family Boxing Day dinner, the police were informed and launched their search. Later, codename Operation Ceramic. Why? I don't know. Okay. She's looking at me like I should absolutely know. Absolutely. On the 4th of January, 2015, Samina's car was located on a quiet residential Lutton Street, some 65 miles from Coventry. Her handbag was missing, her suitcases and shopping too. There were no fingerprints, which the police found suspicious. No shit. And the driver's seat was pushed too far back for someone of Samina's height. The missing person inquiry became a no-body murder inquiry. Inquiry. A no-body murder inquiry. Fuck, I can't even say it slow. (laughs) Inquiry! There we go. From then, it didn't take long for detectives to put the pieces of this grotesque murder together. Data from Sabina's phone revealed to police she had traveled with Roger to Leicester. Fucking cell phones, man. The bottle of Bellini Sabina purchased for Christmas was found in David's fridge. Fucking dumbass! (laughs) The snack's in his cupboard. Her sat-nav in his loft. After a tip-off from a member of the public, archaeologists arrived at the allotment and began their excavations. On their fourth day, investigators found the outside edge of a sleeping bag. They lifted a flap and knew straight away Samina Imam's body had been found. The brothers were arrested on suspicion of murder on the 7th of January, 2014, and were charged two days later. On the 21st of October, 2015, Roger and David were both found guilty of murder unanimously by a jury. By Christmas, they were both behind bars, each serving a 30-year sentence. Not fucking long enough. I agree. Not for premeditated murder. Yeah, that was, that was, I wonder if they offered him plea bargains. Probably. <clears throat> but, like. Well, if they went to trial, then they they didn't accept a plea offer. No. 
But is this in Canada? Because mm. they, they said something about Boxing Day. Yes. So. Oh, there's that's their maximum. Yeah, they have a different <sighs> stipulation up there. Well, then send them to America. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll kill them for you. Don't worry. Yeah. All right. Well, that that's the story of some. They at least needed to be also charged with attempted murder. Attempted. I don't think you can charge them for attempted if they actually commit it. On that well, person. like they had a. Oh, so the, yeah. the four. Okay. Yeah. I don't think the before one counts anymore because they actually committed the murder at, after. <laughs> like if. Fine. They, <clears throat> had it been somebody else they attempted, then yeah, they could have done it. But Poor thing. Yeah. That was not very nice. On Christmas, y'all. Christmas. Christmas. The happiest day of your year. And I'm not blaming her. Not even a little bit. No. Don't shit where you eat, though. Right. Like, so that's the whole thing is don't ever date coworkers. It's awful. No, I've actually never dated a coworker, but I'm just, I'm just saying don't do it. I know. I know a few people that have. And now we have a situation at work, but I digress. You'll have to tell me off air. Yes. Spill that hospital tea. You spill that. Pipe in lukewarm hospital tea. Woohoo. Okay. All right. Time for some gloom breakers. Okay. So I'm going to go Damn, first. that was good I though. Know. <laughs> you, should, you should save that one. All right. <clears throat> this is a long one. So buckle up, folks. Yeehaw. Today I am reading from Today I Fucked Up. Oh, I rubbed off on you. you well, it just pulled up. My, my phone heard you. And this is from <laughs> Fucking Awesome. <laughs> and it was posted 19 hours ago. Oh. Yep. <clears throat> it was on my feed. All right. So again, this is a long one. Buckle up. Um, the title of it is Today I Fucked Up. I ruined my family cruise by bringing weed. Now, as we are learning with these, these are not today's. They These ha- tend to happen many, many years. In the advance. other day I fucked up is the new name. Yeah, I was going to say last year. Um, <laughs> so this is. This was a decade ago. I was living in California and using weed to combat anxiety, ADHD, and insomnia. My mom called. My father was diagnosed with stage four cancer. He was given six months to a year to live. Okay. I am close with my parents and, I, and it was pretty devastating news. I took a leave to drive to Florida where they had retired to spend some time with them. I drove because I needed my medication and was really nervous about flying with it. Well, yeah, I don't fly with pot, guys. No. Even if it is legal. Yeah. Well, it's not federally legal, so don't do it. Exactly. And I don't think it's legal in Florida, which is weird. Maybe it is. I don't know. Not with that governor. That's fair. But Florida, you can do anything you want. It's like Vegas, but a whole state. (laughs) And it doesn't stay in florida <laughs> yeah yeah there's no rules about it staying in florida my my folks also don't approve of cannabis or any drugs so having my car would give me a place to smoke privately three days of driving later i arrived aunt and uncle dave's rich dad's rich pastor brother were at the house they announced they were paying for a caribbean cruise for the whole family the cruise was for 10 days and left in five days I panicked and uh, began desperately trying, desperately think, I began to desperately think of an excuse, sorry, I missed a word, um, not to go because the thought of dealing with 10 days of no weed terrified me. The problem was that I had to head back home two days after the cruise, so time with my dad would be short. 
I could I could not come back until summer and wouldn't forgive myself if that was too late. That's when I made a plan. This is where I fucked up. Uh oh. I read online that I needed a doctor's note for medication that was that were controlled substances. This doesn't count. No. And to declare them on arrival, I deduced. That since I am from the state with legal medical weed, I could bring medicine on board. No. I'm pretty creative with Photoshop. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. And I had some scans of medical docu- documents, tests, and receipts from my doctor. The issue and my downfall were these records for my dad from where they, when they moved to the out east. We shared the same doctor in California. Wait, so he was using his dad's? Uh-huh. Prescri- oh, no. no. Oh, God. Um, we were using the same doctor in California. We also shared the same first and last name, the mid and, and, and middle initial. So those I don't need to change. Shortly, I had altered the treatment plan and prescription for my dad's gout to me- a medical marijuana document for me, or so I thought. Oh, no. The day of the cruise, I convinced my cousins to come an hour early with me to the port so I would not be boarding with my folks. I told them I had a prescription and some medication I didn't want to concern my folks with at this time. They pried. I told them it was for weed. They gave me a high fives. <laughs> so, that sounds about right. At security, I proudly pronounced the or produced. Sorry, I proudly produced my documents and my professional packaged weed. To my surprise, they took both, bagged it, and said it it would go to the ship's doctor who would contact me. (gasps) Oh, no. An hour later, everyone had boarded and the whole crew of us, 15 or 17, I think, were gathered on deck. All enjoying a drink and some snacks from the buffet while we waited for our rooms and, and luggage. The doctor and my medication were on my mind. Sure enough, my name was announced to report to medical. Everyone, including my dad, assumed it was for him. Same name. And he gets up to go go to medical. All I could think was to tell my mom to relax, and I went with dad. I hoped the receptionist would clarify it was for me, and I would have a private convo with with the doctor to get my medication. I was wrong. Very wrong. The nurse asked for my dad's ID. I identified myself as the son with the same name, but she just asked my dad if he wanted to go into the office with him to speak to the doctor. Dad said yes. My stomach was in my throat. <laughs> we waited in the exam room for a couple minutes, and the and the doctor came in and sat down. He looked right at my dad and said, you're dealing with some serious medical issues. I just spoke with your doctor, and I'm afraid that we're not equipped to deal with possible issues or complication on the ship. He continued that he would have to disembark within an hour and could not go on the cruise. He did go on to explain that he had called the doc, called the, C, the California doctor as he felt something was not right with the documents I had made. The receptionist asked, the pa- asked for the patient number, which I neglected to change. Oh, no. And informed him that all the records had been forwarded to my dad's new doctor in Florida. The ship's doctor then called my dad's current doctor, who said my dad was really sick and had not returned urgent calls regarding his result, his test results. I had never seen my dad so deflated. Doc produced a bag of medication and told me that if I was getting off the ship with my dad, I could pick it up at security when I left. I truly wish it had been me who was dying at the moment. All I could say was, sorry, this is my fault, and we walked out in silence. When... When... Back up, 
Oh, we when we went back up and joined the group. Dad took Mom aside for a quick conversation. Then they announced they were getting off the ship and wanted everyone else to enjoy the cruise. Everyone initially wanted to leave with them, but after some tears and hugs, it was decided that everyone would continue. I opted to leave with my parents. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't deserve to go, buddy. Bastard. <laughs> I spent the next two weeks at, um, at their home. It was some of the best bonding, healing family time in my life. Aww. The story about the weed came out to all, shock and awe in our religious clan. My folks actually told me I was free to smoke on the deck. They came to find they came to find it humorous. <laughs> I mean, when you're diagnosed with only so much time to live, it's really hard to yeah to get mad about shit. My uncle was furious. He came over after the cruise and found me and my dad in the backyard. I had just lit a blunt. <laughs> my uncle started in on my dad about family and respect. Dad took the joint from his hand, took a small puff, looked at my uncle and says, my doctor said it might help my appetite. My uncle left, but he is not the bad. He is not a bad guy. He did call and apologize the next day. We enjoyed a few more blunts over the next over the next days. I ended up sending uh, sending my dad a few care packages. <laughs> Quotations. Bunny ears. Yep. And was, I haven't heard that term so long. And was able to spend three weeks with him in the summer. My dad made it to the following Christmas. Maybe as we approached Christmas, the story the story surfaced for me. Love you, dad. Miss you. Too long. Didn't read. I took weed on a cruise and ended up outing my dad's advanced illnesses, resulting in him being refused on the boat. Apologies for format- formatting and spelling. Yeah, but you need to apologize for formatting that fucking paper. <laughs> I'm just happy that everyone got a good laugh at the end. Yeah. I'm so. glad that you got to spend time with his dad. Yeah. Uh, probably would have been nicer if it was like, you know. Actually on the cruise? Yeah. I mean, yeah. But she did get one-on-one time. But here's the thing. This is what freaks me out about this whole situation is like, what if something had gone wrong on the cruise and they were not equipped for his... It could have cut his time deeply in half. And who knows, the pot may have given him more time because he got kicked off. Huh. Yeah, because, I mean, pot has been known to reduce cancer. And oh, stuff like yeah. That, yeah, so. absolutely. Mine is from three years ago. It's another Tifu. Um, from user Cheerful Chaos Pancake. <laughs> I love it. I love Guys, the Reddit names fucking kill me. My... Oh, no, never mind. I'm not going to dox myself. Never mind. Yeah, I was like, I'm not giving you mine, but I'm just, <laughs> that's what I'm changing it to. You Reddit names fucking kill me. That's my new Reddit name, everybody. Love it. Thanks. Um, okay, so today I fucked up by jumping into a lake in my bra and panties to save a man that turned out to be an elite military scuba diver in training. Yay! <laughs> Yay, emotional trauma! Emotional damage! <laughs> I'm couch surfing with my sister and her BF. I work for him at the lakeside bar trying to pay for college. My state is quote unquote open. And while I'm not thrilled, I need both the job and my scored sofa accommodations to make it work. To give them their space and myself a break from the doom scrolling, I take a run by the lake in the mornings. This lake is bomb ass and draws scuba divers to the flooded town at the bottom. Is this in Georgia? No, he just said... No. Is this Georgia? Could be. Lake Lanier? Oh, yeah. Haunted lakes. 
I've swam in that lake. Did you get did you get pulled under? Uh I we did um got in a tubing accident actually. Oh no way. I'm glad you're alive. Me too. Hurt like a bitch. I mean, I would have never met you, so it probably wouldn't have affected me the same way it does now, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you'd be sad in the future. Yeah, I'd I'd be sad now. If you got <laughs> in tubing accident and die. Don't don't get into an accident and die. Don't go to Lake Lanier, period. Do it and give us send us your stories. Okay, yeah, that yeah. Tell us the trauma of all the ghosts and the bodies and the everything. We'll probably cover something like that soon. I know. We need to do a ghosty one. Ghosty! Because they cause a lot of trauma. Oh, yeah. They fucking do. I got some stuff. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) Today, I was in my own head running when a dark mass floated to the surface 40 feet away. I was on the craggy side of the lake, and this dude looked dead. D-E-D. Nope. (laughs) D-E-A-D. Facing away from me, his head was tipped back, eyes closed, bobbing like a fishing lure. No one else was around, so I thought he was quantum crazy out here scuba diving alone at the crack ass of dawn, giving himself the bends or some nonsense. Like a jackass, I didn't yell at him to check in. Instead, I towed off my shoes and stripped to my skivvies to save the imbecile. The movie trailer in my head had me taking three glorious steps and launching into the deep blue water, Black Widow style. Instead, my tender feet hit the sharp rocks, and I contorted under the pain like a slinky. <laughs> As I uncoordinated, uncoordinatedly pinched myself into the water, pitched myself into the water, doing a side flop. I was also wearing my contacts, so I swam hard in his direction with my eyes closed. When I opened them, he was dead-ass staring at me like I'd lost my ever-loving mind, so I blurted out, Are you okay? <laughs> He removed the re- the regulator and incredulously, incredulously said, yes, <laughs> my bro, <laughs> fuck sake, my brain blue screened while I tread water. <laughs> the lake felt infinitely deep. Before I could terrify myself by hearing the Jaws theme song, I turned to nope the hell out of there, yelling over my shoulder. I thought you needed saving to explain my idiocy. As I pivoted, another dude cleared his throat from 30 feet away on the other side. <laughs> I never heard a sound from him, so I freaked out. Failing and belting an ear-wounding scream at him. Flailing and belting an ear-wounding scream at him. Fantastic. Both asshats laughed. I would have too. As a few more heads surfaced around us. (laughs) I was surrounded by divers, all wildly entertained by my ridiculous high-octane F- Fuck up. After pointing me- Wait. God, fuck. After pointing to me and the beach, the merman that was my- original target cautiously swam toward me and i nodded and escorted me to the shore oh wait fuck i read that wrong again after pointing to me and the beach the merman that was my original target cautiously swam toward me after i nodded and escorted me to the shore the beach was much further than i had anticipated so i was trying to low-key breathe hiding my need to suck all of the o2 from the air also, the comedy of the situation consumed me and I started to giggle. Finally, I joked, dude, you're lucky you were actually dying because it would have taken everything I had to drag your sorry ass this far. <laughs> he chuckled before offering me a toe. Hell no, not gonna happen. Even if I had to dog paddle, I wouldn't openly accept that defeat. <laughs> he quietly mocked me the rest of the way to the shore. I'm a secret sap for it. 
They were cadets or recent graduates from a military college here for the summer. They've been training in pools and were doing some open water exercises. They had been out there at least part of the night. I'm sure I blew up whatever drill they were running. He's training for pre-dive school, question mark. And since I am an expert Googler, I'm guessing that, I'm guessing that means combat diving. At the shore, I did my best to throw my shoulders back and march out of the water in my sports bra and undies in front of what I can only imagine are some pretty badass men. I did invite him and his clandestine crew for an absurdly overpriced beer at the bar tonight before shame jogging back to the woods for my clothes. <laughs> Too long didn't read. I tried to save an injured diver ended up crashing some kind of military training. <laughs> All right. And there we got. Fr oh, shit. We got. Seven, oh, seven edits. Jesus. All right. Why? I mean, that was a pretty straightforward I guess, story. Oh, it was. It's Lake Jacassi in South Carolina. Close enough. Okay. Also, the merman cheated. He was wearing a floaty vest and fins. That bastard. Okay, I'll admit there's a part of me that is attracted to his mysterious appearance from the shadow realm. And I'm definitely imagining that he's constructed from some kind of aluminum steel alloy. <laughs> but he was also funny and kind. I was vibing his proclivity for witty and sarcastic comments and have a million questions I want to ask him. Ha. Edit. They are now married and have three children. Right. Edit two. Okay. At work now and had to turn off the notifications because you snipers are blowing me up. To all the ladies giving advice earlier. Yes. I left the dragonflies at home and went full cute sundress and Jesus sandals. <laughs> Tried to wear my hair straight, but it's hot as hot as hate out here, and it'll be beach wave sweaty before long. My sister's BF has blabbed the whole thing, and all of the staff is on full ribbing mode. Kinda great, actually. They're currently reading the Reddit post, so they're cackling at you people, too. So, even if he doesn't show, we're gonna have a great night. We have a long way to go since it's just the dinner crowd, but thanks for making my day, great people. Edit 3. Solid dinner crowd, but no merman. Or Frog Prince, as you people have started to call him. is <laughs> <laughs> a frog man. <laughs> Our lakeside drinking crew will start rolling in another one to two hours. I thought you salty bastards of Tifu would chew me up and spit me out, but look at you all showing up in the name of love. You guys are awesome. Even if I get ditched, it was worth the day with you. Edit four. One hour later. Still no show. Edit five. He showed. Holy shit, a little bit ago. Yes, I was as dorky as you would have imagined, and now I'm typing this from the bathroom like a dumbass again. But I feel like you <laughs> But I feel like you people are on the ride with me. He's handsome and funny and he smells great. Yes, I hugged him. I'm southern. It's what we do. Not the smelling, the hugging. <laughs> the smelling is what murderers do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the coke. <sighs> He's nice and smart and keeps defending me from my jackass friends at the bar, who have almost called him Merman to his face. I think he low-key likes that everyone knew who he was, but not sure how he'll feel about being a Reddit celebrity. I've learned a lot about him, but it wouldn't be fair to share without his permission. His whole crew did not come, only one, and his bud immediately started flirting with my coworker. That's a good sign. I think, holy shit, you'd think I'd never met up with this guy before. Wait, wrong. I think, holy shit, you'd think I'd never met up with a guy before. Also, my friend straight up asked him if he saw my dragonfly undies that looked like penises with massive glow-in-the-dark tur turquoise blue balls. Only she used the Reddit version. Thanks for that nickname, Reddit. He uh, I didn't go through the comments, so whatever. He didn't answer, but smirked the truth to me after she left. It was cheeky, but cute. He's also been sharing some of the shit that he's been 
taking today for being quote unquote saved. He has the same self-deprecating sense of humor as me. I think we are vibing. So that's all the updates for tonight. He's getting the rest of my attention. Keep sending me those good vibes and peace people. Edit six. Last and final update. That's not true. There was one more. <laughs> because you guys are not letting up. I know this may seem weird since I posted the whole situation out into cyberspace for everyone to see. But yesterday, it was just a comical story about a guy I didn't think I would ever see again. Something funny to share when we all need a giggle. Today, well, it feels different to talk about him now that we spent some time together. I like him. There's chemistry and similar interests. And we have plans to see each other again. <gasps> yeah! Uh, I don't need the pressure of Reddit to keep me, to help me screw things up. You guys know I'm a bit of an expert in that regard. That's all. So, go do something you love and find a way to at least balance the doom scrolling with some belly laughs. Sending much love to each of you. Seven. Edit seven. Updates. You people keep screaming over three weeks later. Don't you have better things to do than pester me about my love life? The merman, the frog prince, the dashing man from the deaths, the king of the shadow realm. <laughs> And the many other nicknames that Reddit has bestowed is still very much in my life. Ah! I told you, because this was, what, three years ago when it was originally yeah, posted? Yeah, cute. I'm telling you, they are married and have three and a half kids. What's the half? Have you never heard that term? Yes. But what's the half? They're growing, baby. Oh. Three and a half kids. Oh. You've never heard nope, that? Nope, I never before? knew that that's what it meant. I just thought it was just a weird... Way of saying... Yep. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> yep. He's better than I can describe with my mortal words. Oh! Fangirl him if you must, because I will understand. Thank you all for the well wishes and positivity that this post was given. I hope something amazing and magical happens to each of you. And if it happens to be shamefully funny, I hope you'll share, because we all need as many laughs as we can get. Telling you. They are now happily married with three and a half kids and they the white picket fe fence, probably on a military base somewhere. And they probably talk about it. Oh, yeah. That was the first. So how did you guys meet? How did you guys meet? She saved my ass. She tried to save my ass. <laughs> oh. oh. How cute. That was cute. All right. Oh, we're at an hour and six minutes. Yes, we are. All right. Oh, Your turn. I am looking. Oh, we are at six minutes. I thought it said eight when I looked. Okay. So I'm going to give you three Christmas tragedies today. Yep. With a cliffhanger at the end. Yeah, she let me know about the cliffhanger. Yes. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's okay. So. I'm not apologizing to you. I'm apologizing to the trauma llamas. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so like I said before, by the time this episode comes out, Christmas will be five days away. So, enjoy these three tragedies as much as you can enjoy a Christmas tragedy. So, our first one is the Lawson family murders. Bum, bum, bah. In 1911, Charles Davis Lawson, Charlie, married Fanny Manring. Together, I've, her last name is now Lawson, so it's fine. Don't laugh. Can we at just her. call her Fanny Manny? Yeah, we can call her Fanny Manny. Perfect. Okay. I don't plan on talking to her because she's dead. Oh, but okay. Together, <laughs> together they had, or together they had eight children. The third born, William, who was born in 1914, passed away from an illness in 1920. In mm -hmm. 1918, Charlie Lawson moved his family to Germation. Germanton? Ger Germanton. Yeah, Germanton area of North Carolina. <laughs> Stop it. Mm -hmm. 
He followed his younger brothers to be a tenant tobacco farmer before saving up enough money to buy their own farm in 1927. Everything seemed ordinary. Even when Charlie took his wife and, and seven, Arthur, age 19, Marie, age 17, Carrie, age 12, Maybell, age 7, James, age 4, Jesus. Raymond, age 2. This is back in the 1900s. This is common. It's the 1900s of it all. Uh, Raymond, age 2, and Mary Lou, age 14. Um, his seven living children to purchase new outfits and take a family portrait. At the time, this would have been a luxury and an unusual and unusual for a working-class rural family like the Lawsons. After the murder, this simple act seems seemed to others that the murders were premeditated. Ooh. <laughs> On December 25th of 1929, Charlie Lawson proceeded to kill six of his seven children and his wife. The first two children killed were Carrie and Maybell. He waited for them by the tobacco farm at, or by the tobacco barn as they made their way out to their aunt and uncle's house. They were shot with a 12-gauge shotgun. Oh, and my were, God. And then bludgeoned. Charlie placed the two bodies into the barn. Charlie turned the home where, or re, Charlie returned to the home where his wife, Fanny, sat on the porch where he shot her. Um, Marie heard the gunshot and screamed, sending the two young boys, James and Raymond, running to find a hiding place. I can't even imagine, like, that fear. <laughs> yeah. Like, hearing the... Yeah. Yep. And being like, oh, shit, I'm next if I don't get my ass out of here. Yep. Oh, God. Okay. Um, Marie was shot shortly after her mother and before her father, and before her father went looking for the two boys. He found them next and killed them both. Mary Lou, the baby, was the last of the children to die and is believed to be bludgeoned to death. Arthur was spared simply because of a shopping trip. He had been out rabbit hunting and had ran out of bullets, so he decided to walk to town to purchase more. You hear that, people? Go yeah. shopping. For bullets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Go shopping for bullets so you avoid getting shot. Fuck capitalism. <laughs> Except when it saved your life. <laughs> right. His father, Charlie, had started and finished the massacre before Arthur even ever made it home. By taking his own life just hours after killing the youngest Lawson child. What the fuck? Yeah. There are a couple theories that swirl around why Charlie decided to end the lives of his entire family. Like, what kind of fucking emotional baggage did he have? Oh, just wait. Because the, the one, the second reason I want to go into is the most, like, Probably. recognized. Oh, okay. So, um, the first being that several months prior to the massacre, Charlie had received a head injury. Mm. Several sources believe the injury caused Charlie's mental state to take a turn and led to the murders. However, his brain was studied and analyzed by John Hopkins Hospital, where there were no, no abnormalities found. Abnormalities found. Abnormal uh, anom anomalies? Abnormalities. Maladies. Abnormalities. Yes. Got it. Okay. I'm like, we'll sound this out together. Yep. <laughs> the second and most validated reason is that Charlie was having an incestuous relationship with his eldest daughter, Marie. What? Yep. What? Yeah. Where did that come from? I, I did. We don't know. This is, this is, this is, like I said, the most validated. So. Did they find our baby? 
Well, that's that's the thing. Autopsies weren't a heavy thing back then. Oh, fuck. Especially when they clearly knew that she was shot to death. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> the sexual abuse and and these um rumors and um validated um uh witness accounts mm. of this um didn't come forward until way after. Mm. Okay. So um, the sexual abuse had led to Marie becoming pregnant. A close friend of Marie claimed that Marie that Marie had confided in her just weeks before Christmas of 1929 that she was in fact pregnant with her father's child. What a fucking bastard! And that both her mother and father knew. Other family members. Her mother knew too that she was pregnant. Yes. Well, that's the whole thing. We're getting there. Other family members say that Fanny, the mother had been suspicious of Charlie's abuse of Marie for several years prior to the murders. Mm. So. And we did. Okay. That's that's where so I differ. So the pregnancy just kind of locked in the suspicions. That's where I differ. I would have been the murderer. Right. Killing one person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Again, 1911 was a, or 1929 was a huge difference between now and then. So. Yeah. I suppose. Um, unfortunately, we'll never know exactly what caused Charlie to murder his family or whether or not it was premeditated. However, the home was placed on tour by Marion, Charlie's brother, shortly after the murders, including the cake Marie had baked that fateful day. Oh. Like, it was placed under a glass cake thing because people were picking raisins out of it to keep us... As what a, the fuck? People were weird in 1929. I... Okay, hold I on. W- I would have done it. I was going to say, I was going to say, we both know we would have been right there. <laughs> yep. It's just like the um, Velisca axe murders. People toured that one, too, for a very long time. Oh, yeah. So, because we we didn't, they didn't have TV shows like we do now. <laughs> no. no. Um, several murder ballads were written. M- uh, murder because, ballads? Yes, that's a thing. What? Have you never heard of murder ballads? No. Oh, jeez. Okay, well, guys... We'll have an, I will do an article on that. Like, it will be a short little gloom breaker type thing. Um, <laughs> because I'm not going to write a whole episode on that one. But, nah. Um, including the murder of the Lawson family. So that is the title of the murder ballad. So that is the Lawson family murders on Christmas Day. The only thing I don't get about the incestuous theory is that why did he kill his whole family? Why didn't he just kill her? Well, because then the whole family could turn him in. Oh. Oh, okay. Because incest was still illegal back then. Right. Just not as talked about and stuff like that, so. Got it. Yep. All right. Unless you were the royals, then you could do whatever the fuck you wanted. Mm -hmm. Okay. So our second story is the Dallas Christmas Killings. On December 25th of 2011, 911 received a call in the Grapevine area of Dallas. When police arrived on scene, the door was locked from the inside, but when they gained entry to the apartment, the site they found would forever be burned in their brains. Presents and wrapping paper surrounded the bodies of seven fa- seven family members. Hold on. Read that again. Presents and wrapping paper mm-hmm. surrounded the bodies of seven family members. Okay. My brain went. They wrapped their bodies in wrapping paper as presents? <laughs> now that would be fucking cynical. That's <laughs> fucking... Okay, well, we know that is that is how I'm... If I'm killing anybody, I'm now wrapping their bodies in wrapping paper. Yep, with a bow. Yep, with a bow. 
<laughs> the bodies were of Fatma or Nazarene Ramedi, 55. Um, her daughter, Nargis or Nona. I'm not trying that last name. It's Yazda. I thought you said you weren't trying it. Shh, I'm going to try. Yazdan Panma, Pana, 19, and their son, Ali, same last name, 14. Um, Nazarene's sister, Zoria, Zora. <laughs> this is awful. I need to stop picking stories about like this. Ratmati. Um, and she was 58. Her husband, Mohammed. I got that one. <laughs> um, Hussein Zarhi, 59. And their daughter, Sahara Fatma Zahir Zira, 22. And Azola Bob. Azola Bob. Well, okay. He goes by Bob. Okay. Yeah. And he was 56. Bob and Narzine were married in 1987. Their daughter, Nora, graduated from Coleyville Heritage High School in May. And their son, Ollie, was a high school freshman. Bob and Nazarene had separated in March of 2011. And the family home had been foreclosed on the year prior. It was believed at first that he had been invited to the home for the party, but was later revealed that his presence was... Probably unwanted and unexpected. This led the murders. This led to the murders of six people and one suicide. As Bob dressed as Santa, opened fire on the family. <gasps> oh my god! Wait a minute! Barry the lead. Shit! He dressed up as Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. What a bastard! Yep. yep. Oh, Chris Kringle didn't deserve that. Did not. <laughs> Did everybody die? Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. Um, there were no signs of struggle, um, but some of the family members were found with defensive wounds from shielding themselves from the bullets from the two guns Bob used to unleash terror onto the family. Bob had a history with two other police departments in the area, but not with the Grapevine Police Department. Did he? He died. He shot himself. Okay. I was about to say, did he unalive himself? Yes. I hope so. It was six people murdered and a suicide. <laughs> Jesus. Last but not least for your three stories today, we have... <laughs> I really do wish we had a camera I know. <laughs> The Sauter Family Murders and Disappearances. Yay, exciting. This is like one of my favorite. And I actually, right here, before I begin the story, I want everyone to know this <laughs> one is one of my favorite mysteries. I plan on doing a more in-depth story on this family in the future, but for today, you get the nicely wrapped with a bow version. Because it's Christmas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, there's not a body in there. Or is there? Not that you know of. Oh, okay. Okay. As long as it's not mine, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be your body. Okay, perfect. Christmas Eve of 1945, a horrible and devastating fire ripped through the Sauter home in Fayetteville, West Virginia. As the flames died down and the ashes fell, George Sauter and his wife, Jenny, had, re- had a realization that only four of their nine children... They had living at home with them had made it out of the ruins of the completely destroyed house. George, an Italian agrim- Italian <laughs> immigrant, immigrant, immigrant. I tell you guys, I have a weird accent. I'm sorry. I have to work on pronunciating things. Pronunciating. Pronunciating. Pro- 
how do you say it? Pronunciating. Oh, pronunciating. Or pronouncing. Pronouncing. Whatever. <laughs> it's that weird mixed accent, guys. It's that weird Utah, uh, Minnesota accent that I have. It's bizarre. Fuck <laughs> <Bucket> duck. Okay. <laughs> um, George, an Italian immigrant, and Jenny... Married and settled in Fayetteville, West Virginia, a city heavy with Italian immigrants. They had 10 children total. God. Again, it's the 1900, early 1900s. First mistake. <laughs> so we have John 22. And these are the ages at the time of the fire. Because there are survivors, clearly. Um, they had 10 children total, John 22, Joe 21, Marion 19, George Jr. 16, Maurice 14, Martha 12, Louise 9, Jenny 8, and Betty 5, and Sylvia 2. Was there ever a point where this woman was not pregnant? There's only 10 of them. I don't know how long they've been married. I'm just, I'm just fucking around, okay? I'm just she's, saying, like, she's, she's got them all. All ages. <laughs> she does. She, uh, I mean, she is definitely not Duggar, but, <laughs> but we're getting there. But these oh, guys seemed boy. way cooler than Duggars. Speaking of religious trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, George probably owned a growing coal business and had, had a very outspoken opinions that would sometimes alienate others. Yet the family found themselves to be one of the most well-respected middle-class families in the area. Joe, the second oldest of the children, had joined the military and was not home when the fire occurred. John and George Jr. had spent the day working with their father and had already been sleeping. Jenny had told the other children, or the older, the other older children, they could stay up a little bit past their normal bedtime as long as Maurice and Louis. Remembered to put or remembered to put the cows up and feed the chicken be chickens before they went to bed themselves. <laughs> Jenny then took baby Sylvia to bed with her. This was at 10 p.m. At midnight 30. I love saying midnight 30. That, I have to. That's how you specify. Mm -hmm. Screw a.m. and p.m. It's midnight 30 and noon 30. Oh, yeah. I do. Tw <laughs> I do 24 hour time as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, the, f or at midnight 30, the phone began to ring. I put bang to ring. <laughs> bang a ring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Deadpool. <laughs> Jenny calls getting up and answering the phone. It was a woman with a voice she did not recognize asking for someone by a name she did not recognize. She told the caller she had rang, she had rang the wrong number. But Jenny did notice the sound of laughing and clinking in the background. As she went back upstairs, she noticed the lights were still on and the curtains were still drawn back. Something the children would have taken care of, had would have taken care of before going to bed if they had stayed up after their parents. <clears throat> Marion was asleep on the couch, so Jenny assumed that the other children had gone to bed in the attic where they had slept. It was just a half an hour later at one, Jenny was awoken by the sound of something hitting the roof and rolling. She fell back asleep for another half hour before, before awaking to the smell of smoke. Mm. With a quick search, Jenny found that the room that was used as an office was on fire around the phone and fuse box. 
She woke George, who woke the oldest two boys, and in the commotion, Marianne was awoken from sleep, and Jenny grabbed Sylvia. Both George and Jenny, along with John, George Jr., Marianne, and Sylvia, made it out made it out of the home. Mm. The family members called out to the remaining children that were upstairs, but had no response. Efforts were made to call the fire station by both Jenny Sauter at both their home, the phone was clearly not working, and the neighbor's home. And a motorist who was passing by tried to call from a local tavern. At at first, all attempts failed. During this period, because you guys got to remember, this is Christmas Eve. In the 1900s, there's probably no operator on duty, or at least, and if there is, it's probably one. So, because this was switchboard days. Mm. Um, during this period, barefoot, or during this period, George, barefoot, <laughs> tried to climb the outside of the home and even broke a window. He went to grab the ladder that was not where they had last left it or in its normal spot. Bum, bum, bum. He then went to move move either one of his work trucks to the side of the home to climb up on, but neither truck started despite working just fine the day prior. Hmm. This left the the remaining six Sauter family members to watch in horror as the house burned with what they believed was their beloved family inside for an agonizing 45 minutes. Fuck. At some point, either the neighbor or the motorist were finally able to reach the operator to reach out to the fire station. However, it was still not until later that morning that fire department finally responded due to the lack of manpower because of the war, Christmas Eve, and each member of the fire department having to individually call each other. It was believed that the other five children perished in the fire and were issued death certificates on December 30th of 1945. However, no evidence was found of the bodies. Even in cremation, bone fragments remain. Yeah. And it's hard to believe that a body would burn completely or to completely nothing when the when the fridge and other and a few other household appliances remain standing with very little damage to them. Yeah, and you'd have to have an accelerant and even then you would still have like collectible ash. But with what you said to the blinds not being closed. Sounds like they weren't there at all. Okay, so. Shh, you're ruining things. Oh, sorry. It wasn't, <laughs> very, it wasn't very long after the fire and the declaration of the deaths that both George and Jenny had begun to wonder if their children were actually killed in the fire. They began to question the ruling of the fire being accidental and caused by faulty wiring. Many things were not adding up for the remaining fam- family members, and they began to wonder if the children had actually been kidnapped. Yet it remains on record that the five children of the Sauter family perished in the fire the night of the Chris- of Christmas morning of 1945. Now, oh, okay. <laughs> there are many theories of what happened to the Sauter children and many unanswered questions that have left the rest of the world wondering the same thing. From threats made against the family as well as drama caused by the outspoken and very opinionated George Sauter, Oh, yeah, that was weirdly worded. I'm sorry, everyone. But if you don't already know the story, you'll have to wait for the other episode where I cover the the Sauter family for all the mysterious happenings that surround the case and the possible disappearance of the remaining five Sauter kids. What? No. (laughs) But. I didn't know it was going to be that kind of cliffhanger. Yeah, I told you. Well, I mean, you got your nice bow. As of right now, the children were perished in the fire. 
but it's a lie right as far as when we don't know we don't know we we cannot it's verify. not solved well i guess it's technically solved because it, they declared them dead but they right and that's the whole thing is they were declared dead and there is so much more asked like seriously i could not just i if i i wanted to give a fun christmas episode as fun as you can get <laughs> when talking about death and so i wanted to include the three but like then i was like oh not a lot of people talk about the Sodder family Mm-mm. and i was like so i was going to make like this could have been a like a four-hour episode had i just started building and i would unalive myself if i had to edit <laughs> yeah so i saved you time so what we're gonna do is i am going <laughs> i'm going to write a full episode about the Sodder children mm-hmm. and the Sodder family yeah and if you want to listen to it you will have to join our patreon or whatever we get set up yeah so because it is very in-depth and it may be something that i have to record on my own no okay we can do it together that's fine (laughs) absolutely not (laughs) yeah we can do it together that's fine but it will be available on whatever format we get set up um because spotify has something like that a subscription thing too oh yeah they do yeah but i think we have to meet certain qual not for the subscription (gasps) thing i've been looking into it really it's only if we guys just so you know we need a thousand listens every 60 days to get monetized by Spotify. Yeah. So if you guys want to like, um, I don't know, start telling friends and family about us a little bit more. You guys are doing a wonderful job. Like, just so you guys know here. Hi, Canada. Yeah. yeah our, our one Canada listen. Um, so we have 48 of a thousand in the last 60 days. But yeah, we can set up the subscription. Oh, I guess you do have to. Oh, we only we have to have a hundred listeners. But we can just set up a Patreon. It's fine. It's whatever. Okay. Yeah, that's like Patreon doesn't require shit. Um. Anyway, so that is the story of the Chotter of the Chotter of the Stoddard family, and we will be writing. We will let you know when that that is available. Yeah. That should be up hopefully in the next couple weeks. So I just got an email that I have to renew my nursing license. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do that this year too, but ours is my hair license is due in. At the end of September. That reminds me. It's supposed to be every two years, so I'm confused. That's fair. Um, Mine's every odd year it ends. So mine's a 20. So it it expires on the 23rd. It'll expire again on the 20. Wait a minute. Or 25. I've had it for. Oh, this is. Oh, never mind. I've been. Yeah, that actually adds up. It is every two years. Yeah. Um, I'm just an idiot. <laughs> I forgot how long I've been doing stuff. That's fair. And now it's time for the thing that's going to get us sued. <laughs> Very nice. Very. Mm, thank you. Very I'm going to nice. come up with my own little jingle. You should. So that we don't get sued. Yes. Okay, so I have two. Just two because they're slightly longer ones. Oh, if you didn't understand that, is Dumb Ways to Die. Oh, yeah, it's Dumb Ways to Die. We just can't sing the words. Yeah. Anyway, but I'm sure by now you know Chelsea's little... Who? Or Chelsea's... Jesus. Who? I don't know where they even came from. I, well, we I are not your friends. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I was reading Chimney over here when I went to say your name. Uh-huh. Sure. No, you can come and look. No. Okay. (laughs) 
All right. So Kelsey and I, I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even realize I said that. So, um, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this, but here's your dumb way, dumb way to that, d- dumb ways to die, Jay. <laughs> Burglar is still stuck in chimney when homeowner returns and lights fire. <laughs> A 19 year old suspect suspected burglar died this weekend after becoming stuck in the chimney of a home he attempted to rob the man had been lodged in the chimney for nearly a day when the homeowner of huron california lit a fire on saturday afternoon and the man started yelling for help officer jake jensen of the fresno fresno county sheriff's office said that the chain of events that had led to the intruder becoming stuck in the chimney was still unclear. <laughs> I don't have any idea how long he had been in there. The homeowner noticed some of his stuff had been rummaged through. He thinks the guy did get into the chimney Friday night. According to the police report, the homeowner immediately called for assistance and extinguished the fire, but the intruder was dead by the time the firefighters could dismantle the chimney. <laughs> Coroner's later identified him as cody called caldwell the cause of the death was determined to be smoke inhalation and burns i'd say yep huh. and this one i'm including just because we all need the status the satisfaction this has been translated from portuguese into english so if some of it's weird that's why man tries to molest child falls and dies with a stab wound to the heart nice the family reported to the police that the suspect had offered several sweets, but the girl refused. At this time, the man, who was reportedly drunk, went to his own house where he took a knife and began threatening the victim and her mother in Sarah. The, the 26-year-old man died from a stab wound to the heart after a disturbance in Sarah in the greater v- Vitoria on Saturday night. According to police, the man was suspected of trying to molest an 11-year-old girl and threatening her and her family to death. According to the PM Bulletin, during the disturbance, the suspect allegedly rolled down the hill with the knife in his hand, (laughs) at which point he was injured. The suspect, the name of the suspect in the neighborhood where the incident occurred will not be disclosed in this report as the girl cannot be identified as provided by child and adolescent statute. Oh, yeah, no, no. The girl's family reported to the military police that 26-year-old man appeared drunk and tried to molest the child. He allegedly offered her several treats, but the girl refused. At this point, the man went... Oh, it just repeats itself a little bit. Like I said, this is translated, so I apologize. The victim said that the man started knocking on the gate, forcing entry, making death threats. The girl's father, who was laying down, heard the commotion and went to the garage, at which point... According to him, he pushed the gate from inside, intending to lock it. The gate would have hit the man outside, who fell and rolled down the hill. (laughs) According to the report, the knife pierced his chest, reaching his heart. The man was rescued by fire department, but did not not resist. Anyway, he died. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it gets a little, it just gets weirder and just kind of repeats itself. But yeah, so he he took care of him himself. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yep. Is so that. Is that all? That is all I have. <gasps> okay. Well, yeah, that's fair because we're we're we've been here for a bit. Have we? Oh Jesus, that's one. Yep. 
<laughs> I didn't even. I we were having so much fun. I didn't even see. The so thing. much fun. That's only says we. Uh, I guess it did take us like a half an hour to set up. But an hour and thirty six minutes actually isn't that bad. No. So. I was comparing it to last week. I think. Well, okay, so we had one really long one last week, and then we had a short one last week. Yeah. Because we recorded too. Anyway, so um, like I this is cut, we're recording this on December 11th, but it will come out five days before Christmas. So trauma llamas, no matter what you guys celebrate, we hope you have wonderful holidays and blessed Yule, blessed Yule, um, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa. I do you say happy Kwanzaa? Merry Merry Kwanzaa? We don't know. Please correct us if we're wrong. Oh, she's looking it up. What is the proper greeting for Kwanzaa? Okay. Habari Gani. I can't say that. Which means wishing you a blessed Kwanzaa. Okay, so wishing you a blessed Kwanzaa. Yeah. All right. All right. Any anything else? No. Okay. I'll keep you guys updated <laughs> on the warrant. Let you know if I get arrested. I guess I'll let you know if she gets arrested. No, people promised they'd come and get me out. Oh, okay. And then at that point, um, <laughs> I can sue and we might actually get a podcast. Nice. Lab, so. <laughs> That's not a fucking closet. <laughs> That's not. Hey, I love our closet. I just don't necessarily love the chair. I need air conditioning in this closet. <laughs> <laughs> that is one thing they did not think about when they built your house was putting a vent in here. I know. For the people you held hostage. Bastards. Dicks. <sighs> All right, Trauma Llamas, have a wonderful, wonderful holiday. Bye, Trauma Llama. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Goodbye. <laughs> and now it's time for some bloopers. Beep, 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 beep. I was going to say that was better than how I was pronouncing it. So. Yeah, I thought you said semen, so. <clears throat> I'm at the last name, but thanks. <laughs> anyway! Um, Nobody heard that part, so it's going to be super hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! <laughs> okay. This tragic story begins at Costco score. <laughs> I'm going to start that sentence again. <laughs> and that can go in the bloopers. You just had like a complete epic stroke right now, yep. guys. Yep. <sighs> just the coke, guys. It's fine. It's fine. Um, let's see. Agreed. <coughs> I love forensics. <laughs> Don't do that. No, 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 Sorry, no. Sorry, the coffee didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> um, before you read yours, yes. this will be cut out, but will you, can we, you go get me something to blow my nose with? Yes. Thank you. And that's why I was struggling through that, is because I'm like, I gotta blow my nose. Stuff just fell over. <laughs> Shit. It's fucking hot in here. I'm gonna die out of here.
don't die. No. I don't hold him. I'm like, apparently I get all of the tissues. All of the tissues. Yes. Thank you. Yep. Oh, they're just super thick. No, there's two there. <laughs> and um, they're the kind with lotion. Ooh, puffs plus indeed. Mm-hmm. Well. Oh. Kleenex. All right, are you ready? No, because I'm still blowing my nose, so unless you want that in your story. <laughs> oh, that's fine, just not that. <laughs> oh. Cocaine nose is perfectly fine. Is it co- It's definitely not cocaine nose. <laughs> when you're sniffing that hard? Oh, well, yeah. I don't have cocaine nose. It's because I have nose problems. <laughs> oh, me too. <sighs> All right. Now I'm ready. 